Welcome to the Wisdom Talk Radio Show, bringing you insight, illumination, and inspiration in service to the world. We are a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living, conscious business, conscious relationships, conscious community, and conscious evolution. Hello and welcome. This is Gifanjali Hemp, and today I'm here with Jerome Braggs, and we're going to um, have a conversation about the political climate and what it has to do with our own personal well-being. He's going to give us a behind-the-scenes look at what's really going on from a medium's perspective. And just to let you know a little bit about Jerome Braggs, he's a wonderful human, one of my favorites, and he's affectionately known as the well-being Sherpa. He's a highly attuned medical intuitive, a channel, a speaker, and master teacher of well-being and self-love and the law of attraction. Jerome graduated from Morehouse College with a degree in psychology and the dream of helping heal the world by becoming the next Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But his soul had another dream for him, to help him heal the world by first healing and becoming more of himself. So in 2005, his path of awakening began when a team of doctors diagnosed him with AIDS and kidney failure and gave him 48 hours to live. On his deathbed, Jerome had a near-death experience in which he encountered the divine, or God, and was told the path to true healing and delicious well-being was to learn how to truly love yourself. Through a miraculous journey that followed, Jerome learned to apply what he was told during his NDE, his near-death experience, to heal his body, become more of his truest higher self, and restore his entire life to well-being and joy. Today, Jerome uses the combination of the revolutionary lessons he learned on his journey and his intuitive abilities to help guide people around the world to the delicious level of well-being they truly desire for their lives and their bodies. So welcome, Jerome. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you, and I can't wait to hear your perspective on things. Thank you so much for having me. Um, As always, anytime I get to share space with you, whether it's virtual or physical or or Audible. I just love it. So I'm, I'm really excited about being here with you. Thank you. Me too. So tell us about the political climate. So what's going on? So not just, you know, I, I live here in the United States and, and I want to want to start there, but this is actually going on across the world. This is not just what's happening here. It's also what we can see in Europe and we can see in the Middle East and in African countries. So there's, there's many places around the world that they'll be able to um, kind of resonate with what we're going to talk about today. But, you know, here in the United States, we just got through with an election, a presidential election. And for a large mass of people, um, it didn't go the way that they wanted. And not just it didn't go the way that they wanted, but it went the way that they feared. and also for another large mass of people, it went exactly the way they, they wanted. And um, I, I've been talking about this recently a lot because there's so much to talk about here. And I, I want to kind of focus in on just a few points. But from, for a large amount of people, I've been getting a lot of people reaching out to me, you know, emails, inboxes, asked to interview and things like this to speak on this. To under, for a lot of people, the, the feeling, um, the palpable feeling in the United States, and for even for some, especially in Europe, the United States and Europe are actually going through a kind of a similar energetic shift. And for a lot of people in those areas, 
they're, the, the energy that, is, that they're sitting in right now is absolute terror. And what they fear is that what's happening politically means that something is going to, not just that, that things, aren't gonna ha- things are gonna happen that they don't wanna experience, like unpleasant things, but that, they're, that their safety, the safety of their body and the safety of the way they live their lives is in danger. And so I've, so there's, there's this large, a critical mass of people, more so than have ever been in these particular uh, regions of the world, are experiencing that again. And this political aspect of it, so what I want to dive into it is how this is actually a creation uh, and an, a creation, an invitation, and a message from the higher self to come back home to yourself. So that's kind of what I want to talk about with you today is like those three elements, how what is happening right now is actually an invitation, a creation and a message and how they and how at the underlying core of all three of those elements is it's time to finally really come back. And what I mean by come home to yourself is come back in alignment with yourself and full connection with yourself so that you can remember not just who you are, but so that you can remember, not just remember and experience your power to live how you want to live no matter what. So that's kind of the, the place that I'm just really excited to talk with you about today is like how these particular things, how the, the effects and the outcome of the presidential election in the United States specifically, and even, you know, the Brexit, the, the, the exit of... Um, the, the England from the UK, um, how that is actually a collective, uh, something happening in the collective consciousness that is an invitation from the soul. Because it's really just one soul having multiple experiences, but multiple lifetimes, like you and I actually really truly share the same soul. We're just in different lives. We're just in different bodies and different embodiments and different um, physical incarnations, and how this invitation is from the soul to come back in alignment with ourselves. So that's kind of the journey I want to take with you today. That sounds wonderful and so very much needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I can't, you know, I, I really like to be as transparent and vulnerable as possible. So mm-hmm. So even though people were reaching out to me and I was doing these interviews and I had this wider perspective because that's as a medium and a channel I get a lot of um I have a different perspective on things and a different viewpoint on things not just a different belief system but I get different information and different um vision on what's going on like I can see behind um my average site like the average site sees this chair in front of me and this the the plant and then outside but I can also see the energy and I can see the thoughts and I can see the momentum forward, like what's coming next. And so I have a little bit of a different perspective, a broader perspective on things. And even though I have that, and even though I knew actually beforehand that Trump, before Trump was elected, I knew that Trump was going to be president. I could see the energy behind that. I could see a little bit of why that was going to happen. Um, I had my own <laughs> desires and intentions. So I was experiencing a little bit of conflict um, when 
even though I knew that that was going to happen, I was hoping for a different outcome. And so I had to work through my own thing. So being transparent and vulnerable, it wasn't like I was just totally sitting on my meditation cushion completely at peace with it all. I had a little bit of, you know, uh, resistance that I had to work with as well, even though I could see what was going on. So I wanted to be transparent with that and be like, no, I'm not floating on this cloud. Even though all of this is going on, I'm, I do have a peace, but at times I still have to deal with my own conditioning and the, and the fears that it presses upon. Yeah. And I think that that's really the work, right? Is to like really digest and integrate a vaster perspective and really come into an alignment with the greatest parts of ourselves, like right through those more human, more enculturated, more, you know, ancestrally karmic places. Yeah. It's like you, you understanding the shift and understanding that the shift is actually moving us forward yeah. because what actually the, the soul only really has one direction and that is always forward. And forward doesn't always look pleasurable all the time, right? Because sometimes the forward movement comes through pain as well. There's only one direction. But knowing that it's forward, you also have to know that there's two aspects of you, that you have the non-physical aspect of you, which is the part of you that is soul, that is higher self or spirit or however you define it. And then you have the part of you that has the perspective of humanness, which experiences um, contrast, experiences duality, and experiences pain. And you have to learn how to maneuver through both of those in a way which you don't deny or neglect or reject either one. Yeah, there's, it feels like, you know, a lot of the time the conversation I have is one of this evolutionary nature of, hum, of humans that we're really going through a big evolutionary shift. And I feel like it's like this complexity of being that we're being asked to really embody all these different aspects of self simultaneously. Yeah, it's like, so the, the ask, so going back to the political client and what the ask and the invitation of the soul is right now is to, fully like one of the biggest most evolutionary most powerful most um shifting aspects we can do as as the human part of ourselves is to make peace with our lives to make peace and that's one of the invitations we're being asked right now is we have lived for a long time in the collective consciousness of always rejecting and resisting and fighting against what is. We've lived with this kind of understanding or this kind of um, behavioral pattern um, of and social pattern of telling ourselves that whatever, and this is what, I, what is at the core of all struggle, whether it is personal struggle, whether it is communal struggle or societal struggle, these two perceptions are at the core of all struggle and pain. And those perceptions are, there's something in my life, the first one is there's something in my life that shouldn't be here, and I'm not going to be okay until it leaves. And then the next pers pers perspective is, there's something that should be here that's not here, and I'm not going to be okay until it comes. And what that does is it keeps you, when you're in that space, it keeps you from being at peace and it keeps you from being in alignment with yourself because you're always in this kind of rat race of fighting and trying and fixing and 
pushing against. And anytime you're in that space, your energy, because then you're focusing on, on what you don't want and, what I, and what's not right. And anytime you focus on what's, what you don't want, which is not right, you flow your energy towards that. And then it has to get bigger. It's like that old saying, um, I just forgot the saying. <laughs> but anyway, it's basically, if you flow your energy in a direction, whatever you flow your energy towards, whatever you focus on, you literally enhance, whether it's something pleasing or whether it's something that's not pleasing, whether it's something you want, whether it's something unwanted, even if logically or rationally, that thing, you know, that that thing is, is quote unquote, not beneficial to you. If you take your energy out of it, it has to die out. It has to be released from your life. But if you don't, if you're, if you're saying, oh, I hate this and I'm going to push against and I'm going to fix and I'm going to revolt and I'm going to do all of that, then what you're actually doing is putting more energy into that thing staying in your life and into it getting bigger. And so there's this invitation that we're having in learning how to draw our attention, not so much put your head in the sand and say, you know, I, that, that this is okay for me, but to learn how to draw your attention away from um, the thing, drawing your attention away from what you really don't want and starting to put your focus on what you really do want. And even in this political climate right now, there's so much of fighting against what I don't want. And I would say the invitation is to get really clear on what type of political climate, what type of um, social climate, what type of personal climate do, you, do we really want for ourselves? Like this is a real big clarity part. And um, this is why we're, this is what the universe is built upon. It's built upon duality and it's built on contrast. And one of the reasons that from the soul's perspective, we're experiencing all of this is because contrast comes, which is exactly what this is. Donald Trump is one of the biggest contrasts we've ever had in the country. Brexit is one of the biggest contrasts they've had in a long time in England. It's a contrast to help you sharpen your vision tool so that you can see what do I really, really, really want? Because oftentimes you don't get to that space and you don't step back and allow yourself to actually get really clear on what you do want and use your energy to flow towards the manifestation and creation of a world and a community and a family and a personal life that you do want until you start living one you don't. And the bigger that is, the bigger the thing is that you don't want, the more clear you start to sharpen your vision for what you do want. And if you can hold your vision there, it manifests in the most beautiful, powerful, revolutionary, evolutionary, miraculous way possible. But you've got to get hold of the vision and not keep your focus on what inspired the vision in the first place. So I think I, I, I love what you're saying. And I think what I hear sometimes from people is um, I'll be, I'll be talking to clients or students in similar ways. And what I'll hear from them is how do you make peace with what is? And one of the concerns I hear from people, which um, is that if you focus on what you do want and there's all these other things happening, how do you bridge the gap between what's happening now and what you want to be occurring? 
Those are the two questions I get a lot and I have my own answers, but I'd love you to answer them in your, from your perspective. Yeah. So, um, as you mentioned a little bit in my bio earlier, the biggest lessons, the biggest, one of the biggest teachers I've ever had was my journey with HIV and AIDS and kidney failure. And I want to kind of give you a, a prime example of this exact thing. <laughs> so when I first, when I first was diagnosed for the first few years, my entire life was about every single day, my life was about fighting the disease and healing every single day. Like, okay, if I drink green juice, it was because I'm going to drink green juice because this is going to get my immune system stronger and so I can heal myself. And, and it was my whole life was about this thing is here because I couldn't deny, like, here's this thing. I'm experiencing this, right? So it's not a putting my head in the sand. I do know that I've been diagnosed with these two diseases and I need to deal with that. But the approach that I was taking was every day I was fighting. I was in fight mode. And so let me just say, let me just ask you this. And so you were allowing the disease to contextualize your reality and your choices. Absolutely. So the, my life became about pushing this away mm-hmm. instead of my life becoming about allowing in what I really want. And so what, and anybody that's experiencing chronic disease, you can definitely, you will begin to identify with this because if you're experiencing chronic illness or disease, it's almost like every day, initially in the, in, in the consciousness, your life becomes about the disease and fighting against this disease. You're taking medicine, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're researching different healing modalities, you're doing all of this. And the shift came to me when I made peace with it one as a matter of, let me share this story so i would go to dialysis and when i was on dialysis when they would put me on dialysis i literally had this ritual where i would put on my headphones and i would listen to some spiritual you know some spiritually positive talk specifically really about healing it was about healing the body somebody that could say you can heal the body or something so i was listening to that i also would take take a book in with me that i was reading and And my whole intention was I didn't want to look around. I didn't want to identify with the disease or what was going on in the area with the disease. I didn't talk to anybody in that was any of the other patients that were in the, in the diocese clinic because I was going to be well, and I was going to focus on, well, you know, I was going to, I was not going to let this disease take, take me over. And I was experiencing some, I mean, I was experiencing some slight stuff. You know, I was vegan. I was almost raw vegan at the time. And I was doing meditations and affirmations and energy healings and all of that. And I was experiencing some, some you know, enhancements in my health and my well-being. But, but very, not like huge miraculous stuff, but just like short jumps. But there was this one day I went to this, I went to a treatment. And I was beginning my ritual. You know, I'd gotten in, took my eyes off of the dialysis. Like, I literally didn't even know what the machine actually even looked like because I was not going to be participating in that. I was going to be in my zone. So I put the headphones on and I opened the book and the, the voice spoke, you know, which is, I always call the voice the soul. You can call it the intuition or the inner voice or whatever. But it spoke really clearly. And it was like, what if this is to be my life? What if this is going to be the rest of my life? I still deserve to be happy and at peace in it. 
even what if I'm supposed to be on dialysis for the rest of my life and I'm going to have HIV for the rest of my life? Do I want to be at war all the time? And I had this aha that was like, no matter what, I deserve peace. And so I took off the headphones. I took off the, um, I took, I closed the book and I looked around for the very first time. I looked at the machine. I looked at the person next to me. I looked at all the patients. I looked at all the nurses. And this flood of peace just came over me. And I hadn't realized how stressed I was by trying to fight against this. And I just allowed my life to be there. And I said, what have I been missing by fighting? And so I started to talk to the person next to me. And this person was the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful people I've ever met to this day. And I had been missing all this time out almost a full year at that time by never talking to this woman. And what happened literally next was a miracle because the, by the next treatment, the next time I came in, I think it was like a Wednesday and I came in on a Friday. And when I came in Friday and got, you know, I was just feeling, it was like a weight had been lifted, literally like tons had been lifted off of my energy because I had, I had just released the fight. It wasn't like I, wasn't eat, I stopped eating well or that I stopped resting or anything like that. It was just, I wasn't doing it from this, from this space of believing that I needed to fight this. And so I was, came to my dialysis you know, appointment and they were hooking me up to the machine and my doctor came and your doctor comes usually once a month when you're on dialysis. And my doctor came to visit me this day and he had my kind of my chart in his hand. He was like, I don't know what's happened, but in the last few days, like your kidney function has dramatically increased and we have, we're going to take you off of dialysis. And literally 48 hours after making peace, my kidneys healed themselves. And so what that what I learned from that was like making peace doesn't mean that you deny what's happening to you. It means that you make the decision that no matter what, you deserve peace. And you're going to get it by first stop resisting life. Because here's the thing about the soul. Life actually truly loves you. And it is actually working things out at all times in your favor. If you're not in resistance in some way, you will see it. It doesn't stop working things out when you're in resistance. It's just that your energy is in resistance and cannot allow you to see that. So when you, uh, when you release the resistance, when you bring the wall down and you step back from the war a little bit, you begin to experience the flow. Now, it may not always be as miraculous as that, but you begin to experience the truth that life loves you and that life really wants things to work out for you and is rooting for your highest good and for your rise, always. Source, that's the whole definition of source. Source is unconditional love. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what the circumstances are, you have to be loved if you don't reject the love in some way. And that's what we do. That's what I mean by making peace. Really making peace means you make the decision to stop rejecting love. Yeah, that's huge. It's beautiful. There's so many ways that um, we are conditioned and cultured not to receive deeply. 
we're always seeking and searching, but not really, and, and not so much about feeling like we're enough or worthy or worthwhile or belong, that we actually belong. And that's huge for this political climate. It's like, I am now, through my journey, I've learned through many experiences like that. There are so many that happened after that, very similar like that, that the truth of my being is that I am held always. I am loved always. And I'm enough always. So if I can embrace that, then what that means is even though I may have some fears around what a Donald Trump presidency may be. Like if you're in that half of the country that has the fears that Donald Trump's presidency may mean something negative for you or painful or disastrous. Then when I center myself into those truths, that I'm enough, I'm loved and I'm held, then no matter what it looks like on the outside, this is gonna work out in my favor in some way. And that shifts my energy. That shifts my energy from drawing into my experience something that affirms my fears, affirms and confirms them, to something that affirms and confirms my well-being, which is what I really want, which is what we all want. Whoever, whoever's out there, no matter what your political beliefs are, no matter what you believe about what's happening in your area of the world, at the core of your real desire, you want well-being. You want a life that nourishes you. You want a life where you feel safe and happy and that you're fully, you can fully express yourself. And that's what Source wants for you, too, at all times. And so sometimes the way we have to go about that is through contrast. Because contrast helps us finally, when, when things, when the shit hits the fan pretty much, sometimes is when we run to the shelter finally, because we're tired of shit hitting our clothes and hitting us on the face. And we finally run to the place that's actually shelter. And the shelter is exactly what we've just talked about, is the truth of your being, that I'm held and I'm loved and that I'm enough. And so no matter what it looks like on the outside, if I can hold to this space, then I will be guided to the manifestations and to the realities and to the experiences that affirm and confirm that in some way. And it may not look like anything like what I expected, right? And it may not, it doesn't mean that the outside, I like it. Like, I don't necessarily like the shit, shit hitting the fan and spraying all over the place. Like, that's not, a, that's not <laughs> something that is necessarily pleasurable for me. But the belief where, we, where the troubling belief is that we're being asked to release is that this means that that disaster is going to happen for me and that there will be no good that can come to me out of this. And the truth is that everything can serve me. Absolutely everything can positively serve me, even the things that look painful in the beginning. So that's like... Even this political climate, can I invite and can I embody and can I hold to this belief that this is going to positively serve me in some way? I may be guided to do some things and some actions. That doesn't mean that I'm going to, again, put my head in the sand. There may not be any political involvement that I may have or any things I'm going to be asked to shift. You never know. Just like in my journey from AIDS and kidney failure, one of the things that my soul guided me to do was to, to eat in a different way and to move in different environments and to release some different relationships and to change my work. 
right? So those were actually action steps that I had to do. But each one of those action steps led to a deeper unfoldment of well-being and absolute joy and, and amazement in my life that went way beyond what anybody on the outside would believe was possible for me. Yeah, and the, the only difference was based in consciousness and that those, those actions were sourced from love rather than from fear. And exactly. Yeah. And so that's the whole, that's, that's the invitation right now. It's like, can we come back to the truth of consciousness? Because what we've been doing in co- collective consciousness for a long time is we have been relying on the external world to make us feel good in our internal world. <laughs> and the internal world, your internal psychology, your internal Uh, consciousness, belief systems, and habitual thoughts, right? And we've been relying more on our environments. And yes, our environments influence that, but we have been putting 100% on our external environment to influence and educate how we're going to feel about ourselves and what we expect for our lives and what we expect for our futures. And that is totally backwards from how the soul operates. Yeah. The soul says, I, this, is what I'm, this is what free will is actually about. I get to decide how my internal world is going to go, no matter what. I have a choice over that. I have total free choice. The shit could be hitting the fan, but I could be feeling at peace internally, and I could feel, be having positive expectation internally, and eventually my internal world, my external world has to mirror my internal world. Yeah, I, I, work, I work so much in energy and with energy. And one of the ways I talk about it is that at some point, we're kind of first receiving energy from the outside world and it's informing us. But at some point, the generative current comes from us. And when we stabilize and self-care and anchor and align enough and really fill up enough and well up with enough of our own soul essence, we begin to emanate and radiate out and when we do that, we start impacting the collective from a choiceful place. Uh, it was this so beautifully said because that is exactly, exactly the ask for the for the next evolutionary shift yeah. that all of this is about. Yep. It's like so now because you're external right now in the United States with this political climate is something that is, if you, if you rely wholly on the external, if you're watching the news, if you're talking to your friends about what's happening, if you are looking at what the, you know, I have friends who call me all the time, like, okay, here's who he, who he appointed to this position, and this is this person's history, and they are completely in the vibration of absolute terror, which if you are only relying for the external cues and the external information, it's totally understandable. Totally, I get it. I'm not saying that from that information and from that consciousness point, you have every right to be horrified and terrified. But if you don't want to continue to be terrified and horrified in your life and have evidence to prove and affirm and confirm that in the future, you're going to have to shift from getting your information externally for how you get to feel about yourself and how you get to feel about your future, you're going to have to generate that yourself. We're generative beings. What we experience in our realities is what was generated from within us. So self-care is a huge tool. We're being asked to practice way 
deeper and way more consistent self-care right now. And that is, you know, you've got to turn the news off. You've got to watch way less TV. You've got to have less political conversations so that you can begin to, one, foster an internal reality that feels good to you and that nourishes you, and that you can begin to connect to the inner divine eternal wisdom so that you can hear what your part is in making the shift towards what you really want. And this is not against even, and this is conversation, as you know, I've talked mostly about the half that was in fear about what was going to happen. There's also a half that was, you know, there's also a large percentage of people that were very excited about the new political climate. And, you know, there's some ask from that perspective as well, which is more so there's, there's different ask in it, and, and it has many different conversations to, to add and to go in depth about it. But the ask for that is one, to continue to see a positive outcome for the world from your perspective, but also again, to also, you are still being asked to connect in internally so you can see how do you positively affect the collective reality? How, what's the ask, what's the ask for you? What's the, what's the raise in consciousness you're being asked to have? What are the action steps that you're being asked so that, so that you feel a more connected, more healthy, more happy collective whole in the country? Um, and also what are some of the things you're being able to, you're being asked to release? Because there are, on all of our sides, we have some belief systems about the other that are, um, even though this is a duality place, meaning that, that we experience individuality and oneness in this perspective, and which is why we, we intended that. That's why you incarnated as a human being. You wanted to, in, you wanted to experience bothness. So I'm both an individual, but I'm also a whole, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a oneness. So I'm talking to the Tanjali right now, but I'm really talking to myself, right? And I wanted to experience that. I want to experience individuality. I want to experience having individual um, desires and wants and individual creations, but to also move through this place knowing that I'm part of a whole so that my choices and my consciousness not only affects me, but it affects you as well. So there's also that invitation from that portion of really getting clear on how your con- the consciousness that you are holding and the choices and behaviors that you take as an individual affects the collective. And that's the invitation for that side more so. That's, all, that's for all of us. But there are the individuals who, they are happy about this, individual, this political outcome. The invitation is now to experience more of the connection and the oneness and the collective and to see where your individual choices may be causing the collective pain and how you can heal that and add more nourishing space with your individual choices to the collective. So this brings me to, to a quick question. I know we're, we're, we're going for a long time, but it's a great conversation. And I just have one more question for you, which is that um, oftentimes I think humans are motivated by pain. It's what really gets us to go to the next level. And that saddens me sometimes. So I too, you know, who felt the Trump presidency coming <laughs> and um, was hoping that we could align more quickly because I think that it is creating a push for us to come into greater alignment and to evolve ourselves in different ways. And so, um, you know, the side that's sad right now are motivated. They're motivated to, to do things 
you know, they're trying to find new ways and solutions and the side that's happy right now isn't so much. And so just the way that, um, humans tend to need difficulty to change and transform and to try to be better is interesting to me. And um, I just want to say one more piece with that, which is I do feel like things are accelerating where before, you know, it took a little while for things to manifest or we'd kind of get a message and then we'd kind of get a little, a little smack about not listening to it. And then it would, you know, it would escalate. Then it would be like a loud, a loud shake. And then it would be kind of like a freight train in our lives. And it feels like right now it's like when we get a message, the freight train's the first thing that comes. So there's a way of really wanting to listen. Um, because we have tremendous power at the moment, I think. I think things are manifesting really quickly. And so, yeah, I just want to hear what you have to say about that. Oh, okay. I'm going to shorten it because you just, that is so juicy. That's a whole talk by itself. Um, <laughs> that is really juicy. So here's the, the, the first part of that is that the soul, its normal way of con- conversation, its preferred way of conversation and communication with this the human part of us is joy that's how that's the guide that is the guiding compass that it prefers to point you in the direction of your highest involvement into what best serves you into what the next step for you to take is so the first the first its preferred level of conversation is through joy so like that's the whole kind of, you know, adage where we say, follow your joy, follow your bliss. Like that's literally not just some um, cute spiritual quote. It's literally the way the, the soul speaks. And if you follow your joy, you get wisdom, you get understanding, you get connected to your uh, higher self, your intuitive gifts will open up and your life will unfold better. When you don't do that, when you don't listen to joy, for whatever reasons, maybe you work, maybe, maybe in your childhood you experienced some type of trauma that disallowed you to hear that. Maybe you were conditioned in your environment somehow as a child. That's mostly where this, these belief systems and these operations and behavioral patterns come from. Um, maybe as a child, some type of way, we were not allowed to believe that we deserve joy or that joy was a safe thing to follow right? And so for many people in this country, especially with the rise of capitalism, um, joy was not, we were conditioned out of joy. We were conditioned out of following joy and listening to joy. So when you don't listen to joy anymore, the soul and the universe has to, um, has to kind of relegate to pain. Because that you will listen, if you don't listen to joy, then you will listen to that. Because things can only get so, so painful before either one of two things happens. Either, one, either, you, either you withdraw from life altogether and you go back to non-physical, or you finally wake up and you pay attention. And so a huge critical mass of us, especially in America, have been socialized and um, socialized out, I'll, I'll leave it there, have been socialized out of paying attention and listening to joy, our inner joy. We've been socialized that that's not something that's important, that money is important, that accolades and accomplishments are important, that status is important, and that financial, uh, financial success is, a, is important. And the ways that you go about that 
often in our social structures are are ways in which are not joyous to you and don't allow you to feel your truth and don't allow you to experience deep levels of happiness. And so what's had to happen in the collective is that in order for us to move towards the evolutionary state that we've been asking for, by the way, we have been asking for, you may not have been asking for it in your words, you may not have been asking for it in your prayers, but your energy has been asking for a life and a community and a way of living that suits who you really are and allows you to express who you really are and experience higher levels of joy and that a life that really nourishes you and a community that nourishes you. So in order to get aware of what you need to do to experience that, the soul has had, we've kind of, we've kind of, you know, like in poker, they say we, you force someone's hand. We force the soul's hand to speak to us through pain. And so that element is huge in why that's actually happening. And now the question and the invitation is to listen to the pain, to actually honor the pain and not fight the pain, but to listen and, ha- and because it has a message and it has a gift, every pain, which, which I, I call it pay attention inward now, is bringing you a blessing and a gift. And so now this pain of the political environment is, for those of us who are experiencing a pain, is to listen to it, to come back, and to, to hear what it says and make the necessary shifts. Because the pain is only a vessel to lead you to well-being. That's literally what it is. If you listen, it will lead you to a higher level of well-being. And so that's why so many of us have to go through pain is because we've just not been uh, conditioned. We've not had either familiar structures or cultural structures that have um, helped us develop a deep relationship with pleasure and joy. Beautifully said. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Um, it makes me think of this quote. I have a quote pulled up here um, by Byron Katie. Um, and she says, I've heard people say that they cling to their painful thoughts because they're afraid that without them, they wouldn't be activists for peace. If I felt completely peaceful, they say, why would I bother taking action at all? My answer is because that is what love does. To think that we need sadness or outrage to motivate us to do what's right is insane. As if the clearer and happier you get, the less kind you become. As if when someone finds freedom, she just sits around all day with drool running down her chin. My experience is the opposite. Love is action. It's clear, it's kind, it's effortless, and it's irresistible. So, one, please send that to me. I want to print (laughs) that out and put that in my office. (laughs) And second, pain and struggle is a teacher, definitely. Mm -hmm. But so is joy and pleasure. And I would risk, I I would literally like put my life down on it and say that joy and pleasure is so much of a better teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And then to bring that current right into the heart of whatever it is that we're encountering. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. We're being asked to shift. There will be shifts. There will be action steps. But the first one that, that, that we have to take is to listen to the pain and reconnect to the joy. Wherever you find it, wherever you can find it. 
Yeah, follow the pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Jerome. It's been wonderful having you here. Um, is there any way that or would you like to share with us the best ways to get in touch with you and any projects that you're working at all on that you're most excited about sharing? Yeah, so I'm all over social media for all of you all listening. <laughs> if you type in Jerome Braggs and all the social media sites, I do a lot on Facebook. So my Facebook page is facebook.com slash coach Jerome Braggs, uh, Twitter at Jerome Braggs, and Instagram, uh, which is at J Braggs, the, the J Braggs 79. So the number 79. Um, you can connect with me all over those places. You can email me, jerome at jeromebrax.com. Um, I coach individuals. I do readings for individuals. And I have a book coming out uh, next year called From Wake Up Call to Wellbeing. So um, connect with me. And if you'd like to know how to shift, make peace with what is, as we said, and connect with your joy and really center in your well-being, I'd love to work with you. Thanks so much. I can't recommend Jerome highly enough. (laughs) And we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.